Oh yeah, it is time to bring it down with Rita. One thing that I see time and time again is that when it comes to taking action in your business, there's an awful lot of panic and not enough disco. And that happens because there are so many ways to do so many things. If you aren't intentional with your time, then you're going to find yourself in this never-ending loop of doing the hustle. And the hustle, I mean, that's pretty old school. And while there's so much info on what you should do and why you should do it, barely anyone is showing you how to. So in these Break It Down episodes, I take a concept or a strategy and give you step-by-step instructions on doing it a little bit of why, and a whole lot of how, and that is a promise. These episodes are designed to be focused and short so that you can implement it all today, because we all know it is action that ultimately creates results. Get ready to get your groove on, because it is time to break it down. Today, I am giving you the skinny on getting out of your head, (laughs) getting out of your own head so that you can move through all of those things that are popping up to try to stop you from doing whatever it is that you want to do. We're talking about tangible ways to overcome fears so that you're able to get into action and see real results. Now, for those of you who have never listened to a Break It Down episode, these episodes are really short because they are just about the how, the steps that you need, a framework, a system, a process to do the thing that we've been talking about. So what have we been talking about? Well, if you didn't listen to last week's episode about the mindset necessary to take risks. More importantly, the mindset necessary to take risks without regret. I suggest you kind of go back and you listen to that one. That was the high-level overview. Why do we get in our own head? Why do we stay stuck in our own head? Why do we overanalyze everything? Why do we make decisions that we're excited about and then doubt those decisions and then stop taking action towards those decisions and then feel guilty for stopping taking the action? You know, everything, right? We talked about why all of this happens. What we're talking about today is what to do about it, how to stop that cycle, the cycle of quitting, really, how to right overcome fears. That's really the number one thing that's stopping us. When you think about an action you want to take and then you think about what's stopping you, it can always be tied to a fear, a fear of failure, a fear of rejection, a fear of other people's opinions. So we're talking about what to do step by step to work through those fears so that you can do the thing, do it, do the thing, take action and see real results in your business. I mean, these fears pop up in all areas of business. Maybe you want to raise your rates. Fear, (laughs) fear that people aren't going to pay, fear that you're going to hear that you're not worth that, fear that people are going to get angry at you. Maybe you just need to ask for the sale and that feels really scary too. And you're like, oh, I'm going to, people are going to think I'm being salesy and they're not going to like me. Fear around sending newsletters, right? Oh, people are going to think I'm annoying. I'm going to, I don't want to be annoying to people. A lot of people have fear around the outcome, whatever the services that they offer, the product that they create, that they give their clients and customers, they have a lot of fear around satisfaction, right? Client satisfaction. Are they going to see the value in this? Are they going to realize the results? I mean, I could keep going on and on and listing 
There are all of these areas where we have to take action, where we have to take risks, and all of these fears are going to pop up and try to stop us. And you can go listen to the episode last week to hear why our brain does that. There's a very scientific, specific reason why the brain is like, no, whatever these really awesome ideas are that you have in your head, please stop. Please sit down. Please don't have any new thoughts. Please don't do any new things. Let's just stay right where we are. Well, I don't want you to stay right where you are. I want you to get to all of the places you want to go and then to some places you've never even dreamed that you can get to. And so that's what we're talking about today. We are going to hop right into it and I'm going to take you step by step through overcoming fear so that you get into action and see real results. All right, step one. The first thing you have to do is you have to get clear about the real fear. So what do I mean? We're usually not afraid of the thing that we're saying we're afraid of. So I'm going to take you back to my date coaching days for a minute for this one. People used to tell me, I'm afraid to online date. I don't want to do it. I'm afraid. What if this happens? What if that happens? And what I would have to point out is that they were actually not afraid of online dating. If they were afraid to online date, they wouldn't even be thinking about doing it. So like, I'm scared to jump out of planes. I'm not thinking about skydiving. I'm not thinking, should I do it? I don't know, maybe, but what if this goes bad? No, I don't want to jump out of a plane. I'm not thinking about it. I'm scared of clowns. I'm not thinking about, well, should I maybe hang out with a clown? I don't know. Should I Should I go find the clowns? I have no idea. Like, it's not in my mind at all. Not not in the forefront of my brain in any kind of way, shape, or form. I'm only talking about these things because I'm using them as examples. So the things that we're afraid of, we're not contemplating if we should do it or not. Like they're just not things on our mind. So if we're thinking about doing something, if we're thinking about, you know, in this example, online dating or jumping out of a plane, but in the business example, raising our rates, doing a webinar, starting a challenge, starting a room on Clubhouse, posting something on social media, doing a reel on Instagram. If we're thinking about these things, we're not actually scared of those things. So then what are we scared of? Well, that's exactly the point. That's step one. Step one, you have to get clear about the thing you're really afraid of. So you're not afraid to do a webinar or you wouldn't be thinking about the webinar. So what are you scared of? You're afraid of what could result from doing the webinar. You're not afraid of doing a reel or you wouldn't be thinking, I think I should do a reel. You're afraid of what could result from doing the reel. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see a pattern here? You're not afraid of starting a room on Clubhouse or starting a podcast or writing the blog or pitching the person. You're afraid of what could result. So you have to get clear on what you think those results are. So take some time, take a piece of paper and write at the top the thing you want to do. Now that could be I want to make six figures. I want to do a masterclass. I want to do an Instagram reel. It can be big. It can be small. Whatever the thing is that you're hesitating to take action on or that you feel like you're slow rolling or you feel kind of like overwhelmed, like a deer in the headlights around taking action towards, write that down at the top of a piece of paper. And then underneath it, I want you to like set a timer for five minutes and then just write out every fear that comes to mind. So start with the the sentence stem, I'm afraid that. So once I did this with making seven figures because I was like not really fast tracking that. So I wrote down at the top of a piece of paper, you know, I'm a seven figure business owner. And then underneath it for five minutes, I just brainstormed all of these fears that I didn't even know I had. I'm like, I'm afraid that 
making seven figures means working around the clock. I'm afraid that to get to seven figures, I'm never going to get to spend time with my husband. I'm afraid that my marriage is going to fall apart if I do what it takes to get to seven figures. I'm afraid that like very quickly, I was able to get to a whole bunch of real fears. It wasn't fear around making seven figures. It wasn't fear around success necessarily. It wasn't fear even around some of the actions. It was a fear of what would result from taking these actions. And then I was able to really put plans in place to mitigate that. So step number one, get clear about the real fear. I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my friends. I'm afraid that I'm going to have to work all the time. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to keep it and sustain the success I have. I'm afraid that I'll look silly and won't know what I'm talking about. I'm afraid that I'm going to make a mistake and not know how to work technology. I'm afraid that, right? So five minutes, whatever the thing is, right at the top of the sheet of paper, and then go ahead and just brainstorm. I'm afraid that. That's how you're going to start identifying your real fears. Now that you know what you're really afraid of, you can mitigate. You can create a mitigation plan. You can. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of all of your emotions like they're all in your head. They're all individual people. Uh, Maybe you've seen the movie. uh, What was it called? A Disney movie, Inside Out. Just picture your emotions as people or cartoon characters, whatever you want to picture them as. And they're all sitting around a table and you're all at this tea party together and you're talking about all of these exciting things that you're going to do, right? The thing you wrote down on the top of your paper, you're talking about it. And fear is like, excuse me. excuse me, I have some things to say, but you're ignoring fear. You're denying fear. You don't want to acknowledge fear. So you're just trying to keep it quiet. You're like, no, sit down, sit down. I don't, I don't want to hear about this. And you're talking to everybody else. But finally, fear jumps up on the table. It takes the entire tea party hostage. It's like, no, I have things to say and you're going to listen to me. So now you have to talk to fear and you go, okay, fear. So what's going on? And it's like, you know, that thing, that thing you wrote at the top of your piece of paper. Well, all of those things you found out, like you saw my concerns. I'm afraid that all of this stuff is going to happen. And you need to be able to look at fear and say, I understand. I understand that you think that I'm going to be working around the clock. I understand that you think that you're going to, that I'm going to have a a trouble with my marriage. I understand that you think that I'm going to not know how to use the technology. I understand that you think that people are going to, you know, not like me for doing this. I understand fear, but here's why you don't need to worry about it. Here's why you don't need to worry about it because dot, 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 that's your mitigation. Like, I know you're worried that I'm going to not know what I'm talking about, but here's the thing. I have a group of friends that I'm going to give the presentation to prior and they're going to give me feedback and I'm also double checking and fact checking all the the data. I know you're afraid that I'm going to work around the clock, but here's what I've done. I've hired a team member. I've put time blocks in place. I've got systems and boundaries. So I'm not going to be working around the clock fear. You have to really address those fears. So in step one, You got clear about what the real fears are and wrote them out. But in step two, you have to write out why fear doesn't need to worry about those things, why you've got plans in place so that those those fears don't become reality. So that's what you need to do for step two. Create your mitigation plan. So for each thing that you wrote down that you're afraid of, write why that can't happen, (laughs) write why that's mutually exclusive from success, write what you have in place the systems, the tools, the processes, the people, the things, the rituals, the practices, whatever they are, whatever you have in place to be able to ensure that that thing, that fear doesn't come to be. 
All right. So step one, you have gotten clear about what you're really afraid of. Step two, you have written out all of your mitigation plans so that fear can feel like you've got it under control. It'll hop off that table. It'll sit down and the party won't be taken hostage anymore. And you're actually able to move forward to take some steps. But wait, (laughs) there's more. Step three. Here is the real true formula for moving past fear. So now we've kind of identified what the fears are and we have plans in place so that the emotion fear isn't standing in your way. It's standing over to the side, but it's still going to feel like it's really hard to take action towards the thing that you want. And I want to explain what really happens to minimize fear. Now, what we don't want is for you to not feel fear, right? Don't feel fear. No fear. Feel no fear. No, no, no. We want you to feel fear. Fear is what protects you. Fear is what keeps you safe. And we want you to always have that. What we're trying to do is get you to minimize fear in the right times to be able to walk through it to get to the other side, not to never feel it. I think that's important to take note of because some people look for the moment that they're not going to feel fear. And it's like, I want you to kind of always feel it. I want you to always be feeling a little afraid, a little scared of what you're doing, a little unsure, because what you're doing is risky. We talked about that in the last episode. But what I do want you to do is be able to move through the fear. So let me tell you a little bit about like, I don't know, this science, I guess. But Just know that we're made up of like three things, three intangible things. We have our self-ideal. Our self-ideal is who would we be if we were the perfect person, if we were making all of the choices that we really want to make based on all of our values and living that perfect life, what would that look like? What foods are we eating? What clothes are we wearing? How are we moving through our day? Who are we around? How are we showing up, right? That's our self-ideal. But then we have our self-image. And our self-image is who are we being? What are we eating? What are we wearing? How are we showing up? Who is around us? How are we moving through our day? And then we have our self-esteem. Self-esteem is how much you like yourself. Well, that self-ideal, that perfect life, the more it's in alignment with your actual life, the more you like yourself. Makes sense, right? The more we're making choices and showing up as the person we really want to be, the more we like ourselves. The more that we're not doing that, the less we like ourselves. Well, here's the thing. Fear of failure, rejection, and other people's opinions, those fears, they're high when we don't like ourselves. When we're not liking ourselves, those fears are going to rule, right? They're going to be dominant. When we like ourselves, when we like who we're being and what we're doing, those fears become very small. They become minuscule. We're able to move through them because we really like who we are. So the key is you have to make sure that you're raising your self-esteem. You have to get that self-esteem high so that the fears are low, so they have minimal impact on you. So to do that, you have to get clear about that self-ideal. Who would you be if you were the perfect person in all areas of life, making all those choices, right? Uh, Showing up all those ways, eating the foods, doing the things, saying the words, hanging out with the people you want to hang out with. And then what are you actually doing? And how can you bring those things in alignment? So that's the next thing. Step three, I want you to get clear on here's what this ideal self-ideal looks like. Here's what my actual self looks like and how we're showing up. And here's where I need to align things more. And here's how I can align things. And then start doing it. Because the more you do that, then the higher your self-esteem, the more you like yourself, the lower the fears. 
okay? And then what you'll be able to see is that all of those fears that you wrote down in step one, like those are mutually exclusive to being able to be successful. If I write down that I'm afraid that I'll work around the clock, well, then what I realize is, well, but wait, working around the clock is exactly what's going to keep me from success. So like, there's no way that I need to have that fear. I don't need to have the fear that to get seven figures, I'll be working around the clock and losing my marriage, you know, because if I'm working around the clock, there's no way I can get to seven figures because I won't be showing up as a person I need to be to get everything I need to be able to make seven figures, right? So step one, get clear about the real fears. Step two, then write out your mitigation plan for all of those fears so that fear can calm down. It can take a seat and it's got, you know, you've got it handled. And then step three is reach your self-esteem so that it's easy to take these actions so that the fears are low. You're still going to feel them, but you can move through them quickly. Okay, so we're getting there. We're almost there. We're not there yet. You're clear about the fear. You've got your mitigation plan. Your self-esteem is high, but you're still going to feel some fear. So this is kind of one of the last steps that you need to work through. Step four is what I call the fear formula. So I'm just going to use an example and take you through it and you'll quickly and easily know how to implement this. So let's pretend that you have a fear around, I don't know, cold calling. Do people still do that? I think so. Cold calling people right now, of course, people still do that. Although, anyway, that's a podcast for another day. But cold calling works and, and it works if you do it well and, and there's a whole you know thing around that. But put aside your distaste of cold calling and pretend that it's something that you're wanting to do and you're feeling fear around it. So you got clear on what could really result, like what you're really afraid of. You're not afraid of cold calling. You're afraid of what could result from making those cold calls. You've now written out your mitigation plan, right? So that you have that to talk to fear, sit fear down. You're living your life like in accordance with, you know, how you really want to show up in the world. So you're feeling good about yourself. Okay. But you're still hesitating to to make that call. So now we're going to work through the fear formula. And here's how it goes. Number one, what is the worst case scenario? And really ripple effect it out. If you make this call or if you make these these calls, if you start cold calling, what's the worst case scenario? It could be like, oh, somebody gets mad. Somebody hangs up on me. Right. But that's not enough. You have to keep ripple affecting it out. So it's like, oh, somebody gets mad. They yell at me. They call me some names. They hang up on me. I cry. I cry for like 20 minutes. And then the day is over and I end up going to bed early and I don't get anything done. Right. Like that could be like a ripple effect. Okay. But then you have to do the opposite. You have to get clear on what's the best case scenario. So the best case scenario, right, would be that somebody answers. They're so excited for what I have to say. They're like, oh, my gosh, like this really changed my like, this sounds great. This is exactly what I've been looking for. I can't wait to talk to you more about it. And then you end up having another meeting and then they're excited and they sign the contract. And now you're doing the consulting work. And because of the money that you've brought in, you've been able to do this thing for your family and you're having this first family vacation, which brings you and your husband closer together. And you have like this great moment. And you see what I'm saying? Like you ripple effect it out. So what is the worst case scenario? Ripple effect it out. What's the best case scenario? Ripple effect it out. Now, go back to the worst case scenario because that's the one we really have to address. I want you to ask yourself, what can I control in this situation? So in this situation of I call someone and, you know, they the, the worst case outcome, they yell at me, they call me names, they hang up on me, right? What can I control? The only thing you can really control is your reaction to it. So you can't really control what they do, but that reaction you can control. But now I want you to to identify what you can influence. And there's a lot here that you're able to influence. You can influence what that person on the other end of the phone does. 
So what do I mean? What do I mean? You can influence by the time of day that you call. You can influence by how you greet them. You can influence by the tone of your voice. You can influence, right? There are all of these things that you can do to influence what the reaction to the person that you're calling will be. You can't control it, but you can influence it. So there's very little that you can control. You can control your reaction. There's going to be a lot that you can influence. And then when you ask, what do you have no control over or influence over. You're going to find that there's very little that you have no control or, or and, I guess, no control and no influence over. There's not going to be much on that list. So then when you look at the list, you're like, okay, so I'm able to influence a lot here. And after you look at that list, you go, so now that I know this, do I want to do the thing or not? So after you look at the best case scenario compared to the worst case scenario, and then everything that you control or influence to kind of create a certain outcome that you want, you can't control that, but you can definitely influence it. And even if it doesn't go the way you want, you know, you can control your emotions. Then when you look at all of that data, you say, do I still want to do the thing? And you make a decision, yes or no. And whatever the decision is, is fine. But at that moment in time, what you've done is you've made an informed decision, not a fear-based decision. You've made it from the data, from all of your analysis, from all of the things, and you've said, okay, so now that I see this and I know this, and like I've talked to fear, fear sitting down, my my self-esteem is high, remember? I know what I'm really afraid of, and I've worked through this. I've decided that now. 95% of the time, guys, you're going to decide to do the thing. But for the 5% that you don't, that's fine, right? Just move on. You've made a informed decision, not a fear-based decision. And then the final step, the final step of all of this is to solidify the decision with what is called radical generosity. So radical generosity means going to the extreme to be generous, asking yourself, what is the most radical thing that I can do to dot, dot, dot. So in this situation, right, what happens and and what we talked about in the last episode is that our brain automatically goes into protection mode. Our brain wants to protect us. Our brain wants to keep us safe. Our brain just cares about us. It loves us. It doesn't want anything bad to happen to us, which is why it wants us to not take action, why it wants us to stay right where we are. It's like, okay, cool. I'm comfortable. And we all know if you've listened to any episode before that I think that comfortable, comfort is the worst word in the English language because it means that we are not joyous about our lives or our situations, but we are not unhappy enough to do anything to change it. And so we just stay where we are and that becomes like a flat line, which is what our brain wants because there's no fear, there's no risk, there's no scary danger that happens, right, when we're just kind of staying status quo. So your brain is in this protection mode. And it's saying, okay, like all of these excuses, um, no one's, no, we'll, we'll pick some from the last episode, right? No one's going to read my newsletters. Nobody goes on that social media site. Oh, that's dead and over. Nobody, nobody does that anymore. Nobody cares about this anymore. Nobody's showing up in that way anymore. All, I don't have the time for it. I don't have the money for it. Now's not right. Oh, you know, this isn't the right time to be talking about this thing. Like your brain will find every excuse for you not to do whatever you're thinking about to keep you safe. And so what I want you to to do here is uh, do not excuse yourself from doing good because it's risky or hard. I'm going to say that again. Do not excuse yourself from doing good 
because it's risky or hard. So what you have to do here, your brain is in protection mode. You have to go to the other extreme. You have to really embrace radical generosity. You have to flip from that protection mode to what are the most radical things that I can do to impact and help others? the most radical things that I can do to impact or help others. And that's where your focus goes, not on the excuses. Your focus is now on how do I show up in a radical, generous way? The things that I can do that feel like instead of them feeling scary, instead of them feeling fearful, now what we have is they're going to feel generous, radically generous, right? Which means it's going to still feel bold. You're still going to feel a little bit of fear. But now we're focused on the generosity piece. It is your duty to be generous. It is your duty to help and impact other people. What are the most extreme, radical ways that you can do that? Those are the actions, right? So step one, that what you're doing with that is you're solidifying the decision. You're solidifying the decision by making the decision to be radically generous. This is who I am. This is how I want to show up. Because remember, success is really who am I being, not what am I doing. So this last step helps you say, I am a person who. I am a person who reaches out to other people, informs people of solutions, uh, asks for what I want. Like that's what that last step does. So to take this all and kind of recap it, how do you move through these fears? How do you actually tangibly show up in a way where you're able to take risks without regret? Number one, whatever the thing is that you're wanting to do, you need to get clear about the real fear. You're not afraid of that thing. You're afraid of what could result from that thing, from doing that thing. And so you have to get clear on what all those fears are. So you're going to do that little fear inventory. Step two, then for everything you've written down, you're going to write a mitigation plan. Why is it that I don't need to worry about that? What do I have in place? People's tools, people's people tools, resources. What do I have in place so that I'm able to like let fear know I've got this handled? Then you need to make sure that you're liking yourself as a person, that you like how you're showing up in the world, that you're living every day as close as possible to your values and to that vision that you have for yourself. And then if you're still not taking action, on the thing, you need to work through that little fear formula. What's the worst case scenario if I actually go through with this? Ripple effect it out. What's the best case scenario? Ripple effect it out. What do I control? What do I influence? Which will be a lot, right? That will show you, oh, I have a lot of influence here. And knowing that, do I still want to do the thing? And if you decide to do the thing, solidify it with radical generosity. So in that example I gave around cold calling, let's say that at the end of it, you're like, wow, there's a lot that I can influence and I can control my reaction. And I have all of these plans in place to do that. So yeah, you know what? I'm still going to do it because the best case scenario is way greater than the worst case scenario, especially knowing all of the influence that I have and then that I can control my reactions. I'm still, I'm going to do it. And then you solidify that. So if I am being radically generous, I have to be the person who picks up the phone and and informs the person of this thing and makes the ask because it's about improving their life. It's about helping them, impacting them. And the only way that I can do that is if they know that this exists. And a radical way to do that is to pick up the phone and call somebody that I don't know and tell them about this thing because I am the kind of person who wants to impact and help others. I am a radically generous person and I need to show up as that person. So what would that person do? So if you do these things and if you make this like a habit and you kind of work through this, I mean, write down the steps, have a journal, actually do this, but eventually it will become 
your autopilot. It will become your reaction. What you what you work through, the exercises, the way you show up, the way your brain thinks, it will move you through this process, this framework. We'll call it a five-step framework. It will move you through this five-step framework so that you are able to move through these fears. And the number one fears, again, that keep us from taking action are fear of failure, rejection, other people's opinions. I know there are more. Those are the three main. But if you do this, it will help you not that you won't feel it. Remember, we want you to feel it, but you'll be able to move through it quickly so that you can do the things that are required to see results, which is what we want, because ultimately that is how you impact and help others. So that's what we want. That's what we're doing. You are embracing radical generosity. You are moving through the fear. You are embracing a risk mindset and you are getting it done. And I can't wait to hear about it. I want you to email me or share on social media. I'm always picking people who share who tagged me in it, that they listened to the episode, that they took an action for free coaching and prizes. You guys know me. I love to give away so many things. So feel free to share this on social media. Tag me in it. Say, here's what I did. Here's an action I took. I told fear to sit down. I'm moving through it. However you want to share it. I want to hear what you're doing as a result of this episode. And then catch me next week because we are live coaching someone through all of this. From starting with talking to Mike Alden earlier this month around publishing a book and everything that's required to do that, to everything we just talked about today, we're going to be taking it all. We're going to be live coaching someone who I'm so excited for you to meet so that they are able to impact, boost their impact, amplify their message, get their book into the hands of many, many people and have a great impact and do it all by embracing a risk mindset, getting really clear and showing up as the person that they want to be. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss it. And I'll catch you next week on another episode of the Read and Mimi Do It show. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Rita Mimi Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamamedoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.